0: Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the gospel reading with special emphasis on the following words. Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Jesus said, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, Martha, Jesus says, is anxious and troubled about many things. In other words, she has a lot on her mind and even more to do. She is missing out on the one thing necessary due to her being distracted with much serving. She is engaging in what we would call today multitasking. And as a result, she is stressed, inattentive, and preoccupied with the mundane, you know, those things that don't matter much. Ultimately, with the earthly stuff, which is all going to be gone in the end anyway. In his admonition of her, Jesus invites her to take a seat. He does the same for you here today. He invites you to take a seat, meaning he invites you to sit down, take a break, and to focus in on the one who brings meaning and purpose to your life, not just for now, but for eternity. We all just need To take a seat, take a seat daily in your devotions with the scriptures shaping and forming you. Take a seat weekly here, like you're doing right now, receiving the benefits of his word, forgiveness, life, and peace. Peace, the peace he won for you in his suffering death and resurrection. He brings it to you right here and now. Take a seat. Take a seat. We need to take a seat. We're doing too much standing. For like Martha, we engage in the same kind of multitasking that leaves us anxious, distracted, and preoccupied with things that, in the end, quite frankly, are unimportant. Our trivial pursuit of one thing after another, something enhanced by what, for many, is an addiction to social media, has left us ill at ease. Think about when you go on the Internet. What do you do? If you're looking for some information, doing some research, you click, right? On one thing. And the issue, though, is you never really stay on the one thing. You go to another thing, and go on another thing. And you go on another thing. Click, 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 click. And you go on another thing, and another thing, and another thing, and another thing. And you can't wake, make up your mind, and you don't want to miss out on anything, so you want to get it all. And you realize how many times you can click to find information, it's never-ending. And then your mind goes like this, because you're not focused on the one thing. In fact, you're focused on everything, which means you're focused on nothing. 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 And we are, we are, we're ill at ease. Now to be sure, the internet's a great tool, but notice how it takes you places that you don't want to go. Look at your history sometime. Look at the history and see how many places you've gone. And God forbid those places you have gone where you shouldn't have gone. Places that dehumanize people. Places that seek to destroy you and other people. We're distracted, aren't we, by many things. And I want you to think about how there are people who are controlling what you see and what you don't see there. They're using you. They only only care about what benefits them or their point of view. And we don't even know who these people are. But we know from a worldly perspective that all of us fallen human beings always seek to benefit ourselves at the, well, unfortunately, at the expense of others. Do you know the research says that excess use of the internet affects cognitive functions? Your, especially your attention and your short-term memory. But we're all in. They got us all in. Who doesn't have one of these? Even I've seen four-year-olds walking around with these. We're all in. And yet, what we've done is we put the one thing necessary in the rearview mirror. And as a result, this is what's happening. We've lost meaning and purpose in our lives or we're losing meaning and purpose in our lives because we just go from one thing to another, to another, to another. We just keep running without stopping and enjoying and quote, remember the old phrase? Smelling the roses. Enjoying the gifts that God has given us. Our focus has become become our own narratives complete with our own meanings of words, which, by the way, is ridiculous and causing much strife and much dissension. Oh, you know who is after that, right? The old evil foe, right? Why would he go after meanings of words? Because this is the way God brings his gifts into our hearts and lives through words. And words give meaning. Words gave you life. God called you into being through words. God redeemed you through the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. And as these words have their way in our lives, we receive meaning and purpose and life and peace. But what are we doing? We, we just, we listen to all of the fallen people, right? We think it's just this way, and we listen carefully. I mean, think about this, if all we ever hear and fill our brains with is bad news on the nightly newscasts or from the internet, we will never know who to believe, and I think that's where people are at. Who do I believe anymore? Who's telling me the truth? I don't know. We will never know who really to believe. And we will be overcome by despair. Because trust in ourselves, trust in a fallen humanity, always leaves us empty and dead in the ditch on the side of the road, as we talked about last week. So Jesus invites you here today to take a seat, (laughs) which you have, to take a seat and listen to him. Really listen. Don't be multitasking out there. One time I saw someone, believe it or not, I see more than you think. I saw someone balancing their checkbook with a calculator and everything. Really listen. Listen to him, rest in him, and learn from him. Listen to him. He says through his word, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. He always does what he promises every single time. And as you look through the scripture, you see a history in it. The people messed up royally, but he was there to lift them up, to forgive their sins, to give them hope, and a future. I mean, think about Abraham and Sarah. Just ahead of our text from the Old Testament, they doubted that God would come through. So you know, and what was the promise that they would have a child? Well, now Sarah's old, Abraham's old. I mean, it's impossible to have a child. So Abraham listens to Sarah's advice to to go be with the servant and to have a child through the servant because God's not doing His thing. God. Isn't fulfilling his promise. And notice how messed up that got. But then you see the promise here in our text. Even with them kind of trying to take things into their own hands, the promise is this, or in the Old Testament lesson here I will come back this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And she did. Because God always does what he promises. His word always gives and bestows what it says. Let there be light and there is. Oh, come on. You still with me? Are you still listening? Let there be well, God says, let there be light and there was light. He's God. That's what his words do. And they had a son, even though from a human perspective, it was impossible but nothing is impossible with God. So how about this? You worried about your son and, or daughter staying in the faith? Or maybe your son or daughter has left the faith and become a hater of the Christian faith. That's even happened to some pastor's children. You worried about that? Well, yeah, right? We all are worried about our children, right? We want them to have the one thing needed, right? Well, how about listening to Jesus? What he says, what he said to them at their baptism, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Never. How about taking those worries and concerns to him, let him worry about it. Be still, he says, and know that I'm God. And through his word, he does what he promises. And he does it all all the time. How about this? How about this? The Apostle Paul, who you hear from in the Epistle lesson today, he was a hater of Christians. He wanted to to rid the world of Christians. He participated in the killing of Christians. But what did God's word do? It turned him in repentance to faith in Jesus Christ, the Lord of heaven and earth. And he went from killing Christians to delivering the Christ. Delivering Christ's forgiveness, life, and peace to everyone. And then people tried to get rid of him. But he knew the one thing needful, the one thing that gives us life that even overcomes death. And he would not be quiet Because if he was quiet, even the stones would cry out, right? That's what the scriptures say. Because God is among us in Jesus Christ. Listen to him. Rest in him, for he promises Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. There is a time for doing a time for action, there really is. There is a time for serving. But first, first take a seat. Take a seat and sit at Jesus' feet for a while. Listen to him, to his word. For one thing is needful. Lord, this treasure teach me highly to regard. That ought to be our prayer, right? It's summertime, and a lot of you have gone to the cottage, or you go on vacation. I have too, or you get out in the great outdoors. That's a good thing. You know, those things are real. You can touch them and feel them. They're not a, they're not a uh, an image on a screen, and they kind of settle you down, right? They, they 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 slow down the racing that's going on in your brain from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing, right? And while you're doing that, while you're watching a sunrise or a sunset or just sitting in the woods or by the lake, pick up the scriptures. Maybe even take a sentence or two, just a couple, and focus on them and see the rest and peace that it gives to you. Serving is not bad but you can't give to each other what you haven't received. That's why even the Apostle Paul recommends that take care of yourself first in your faith, and then you can share it with each other. You see how that works? So tap into the love and the grace of God so that you can share the love and the grace of God with one another. And finally, learn from him. For as the psalmist reminds us, his word, is a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That's why the Apostle Paul says these words, Him we proclaim, not ourselves, Him. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. We need to grow up in him. And you never, you're never, you've never learned it all from him because with God, there's always more. That's why as Christians, we continue to be learners. That's why with our school, we seek to um, have our children not just learn these things, but become learners, receivers of God's grace and mercy, not just during the time that they're in our school, but throughout their lives. Because it makes a difference in their lives and it makes a difference in the lives of the people of this fallen world as God's word has its way in our lives. We need to become mature in this, but it doesn't come by just going from one thing to the next. Oh, I clicked on church at Christmas and I clicked again on Easter. What more do you need, right? Right? You need this like you need air, you need this like you need food, you need this like you need water, because our Lord's words are eternal life. This word, Jesus says, quote, is spirit in life. It delivers forgiveness, life, peace. It delivers to you a certain hope and a future with God and one another throughout all eternity. Jesus said, Mary has chosen the good portion, which, did you catch this? Will not be taken away from her. So as you take a seat in the Lord's church, rejoice in this. It won't be taken away from you either. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.